Hi, I'm Eli. I am a higher education professional, struggling creative person, proud marching band alumnus, and general sports nerd. Hi, I'm Nick. I'm a music educator, a drum corps nerd, and a band alumni as well. We've been best friends for 10 years, and we've been doing marching band all of our lives. And during that time, we've heard a lot of college fight songs. A lot of them. Some of them are good. Some of them are bad. Some of them are exceptionally average. Some we really love. Some of them really, really hate. And we're on a journey to listen to them all. And hopefully, make fun of them. We think we're funny. So, join us as we go on a journey to discover if we hate your fight song. All right, well, welcome back to We Hate Your Fight Song. I'm Eli. And I'm Nick. And I was about to say that I'm Nick, and I struggled for a second there. I was like, I'm... not your name. Eli. Eli. Oh, is that our is that our couple name? It, it might be. Oh, Neli. Been waiting to figure that out. Oh, yeah. I'm sure the the of the eight people rooting for us to get together. Yeah, that's that's what we needed. That was that's the first step, man. <laughs> we just needed a fan base to to play for. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, it is a dreary January out there today um i'm exhausted nick is exhausted we're all exhausted it's not it's actually quite nice where i am we're like, we are like, in, like take a guess what, what do you think my weather is right now 70 and sunny oh 62 and sunny oh that's actually pretty nice i know it's it's uh it's uh 37 outside so it's, that's a midwest uh 62 Ooh, chilly all the snow is melting it's kind of funny snow you have uh we had a couple blizzards and then like right in a row and then that was it and now it's melting oh, well all is good then. all yeah. is good in our lives it's all good you are worried about us. yeah don't be worried about us yeah. all right i know everyone i think the funny thing is i like doing these hints but i feel like everybody knows because they just like you know they look at the title of the episode um so, are you ready for your hint reminder, and then we can... Uh, I am definitely ready for that hint reminder. Okay, so, aside from being the oldest operating and largest university in its state, as claimed by the school and verified through mascotdb.com, no other college in the United States uses this mascot except for this university in the upper Midwest. Some high schools do, but no other college does. Well, did our viewers, or did our listeners get it right, do you think? Um... I mean, I don't. I don't feel like my hints are hard to figure out. So I'm gonna bet some people probably did. So it's it's clear that the university we're doing is South Dakota State University. Oh, that's right. Yep. Located in in Brookett. Oh, geez, that was a bad start to that one. All right. Woo, woo. All right. Gotta stop drinking basically nail polish remover for this bourbon I'm doing today. Woo! That's gonna be a weird one. Alright. Located in Brookings, an hour north of Sioux Falls, and four hours southwest of Minneapolis, Minnesota, South Dakota State University is the largest university in the state of South Dakota. One of the quote-unquote Dakota Four, South Dakota State is home of the Jackrabbits, the only bearer of this nickname at any post-secondary institution, and is currently the most prominent herald of one of the oldest and most widely spread spread fight songs in the country. All right. So let's get into, let's get into history for a little bit, shall we? Yeah, I'm ready for some history. I want to learn about South Dakota State. I don't, 
really know a lot about them, to be honest. There's also some nice, weird, old-timey names. Um, I only kept one of them, really, but um, it's a it's a good one. All right. Okay. So cast your mind back to 1881. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember 1881? Do you remember back in the day? What a, what a great year. <laughs> I know. the. I was going to say the twist was in. I was like, I'm sure that wasn't it. Um, some, some sort of cakewalk was being performed. Um, there was something being performed. There was something being performed. Who knows? Um <laughs> So this was six years before Dakota Territory was split officially into North and South Dakota, and North Dakota forgot to join the Union, um, legally. Um, so some of the territorial representatives traveled to Washington, D.C., seeking land for in the United States territories for different um, higher education institutions. Uh, needless to say, this trip was successful. Um, after that visit, um, a territorial legislator by the name of J.O. Scobie from Brookings went to the legislative se session in Yankton, which is about 20 miles away from Vermilion, um, the home of the already founded but not yet operating University of South Dakota. Okay, so time out here real quick. Um, partially to pause to mute my Discord, partially to read David's text and just so much to say we're recording right now. And <laughs> um, also just a time out to take an aside right here. So have you been to South Dakota? Yes, I've been a few times. Okay. Have you been to, like, so Sioux Falls, probably, mainly? Been to Sioux Falls. I've been to Vermilion. Okay. So you know that Yankton is, like, 20 minutes, like, like to the west of Vermilion. Mm -hmm. All right. So I'm just going to remind you that Dakota Territory was both North and South Dakota. Yes. And Yankton is on the Missouri, the southern border of South Dakota. It is in no way a central capital. Yeah. That's nuts to me. I'm sorry. I just want to take it aside because I'm like, as someone who as someone who grew up in South Dakota a little bit, I was like, what? Why? That's not even central. Pierre would have made sense. Bismarck would have made sense. And they did actually eventually move the capital to Bismarck. But like, th that's nuts to me. That's such a weird, so weird because like Nebraska's right there. Yeah. Doesn't quite make sense. No, it's, it's weird. Okay, sorry. Anyway. Um, all right, so the point for that J.O. Scobie went in with was he wanted to bring something back to Brookings, some sort of economic engine. Personally, he wanted the state prison. Yeah, that seems like a great thing to bring back with you as president. <laughs> that, was the per that was the top prize of that, um, apparently. Look at that. Look what I brought back with me. I brought back a prison! Does it come with inmates included? Or? <laughs> it's already fully loaded. We got 5,000 people bringing in. Oh, that seems like a terrible thing. Uh, Sioux Falls got that instead. Okay. That's, that's probably for the best. Yeah, probably for the best. And then um, Scobie brought back what was considered to be second prize, which was a college. Wait, so we considered first prize a prison and second prize a college. That is correct. This seems like a flaw somewhere. Yeah, I'm I'm also a little I mean, okay, so here's here's I guess why my logic behind it, if I had to put any logic behind it. You always know people are gonna break the law and get arrested and need to be segregated from the general population. Yeah. You're never positive about the demand for education. It's true. 
I would argue that there are always going to be criminals, but you're not sure if there are ever going to be people who want to be educated. I mean, it's, yes, that is a very fair point. It's yeah. very ironic that your first prize was the prison and the second college. But not important. Fight not song. important! Not important to the fight songs. Um, I did have an aside that I may uh, cut. Um, does your region, like where you grew up or any local stuff, have any lore about why certain cities have certain things? terms of what like for example where i grew up in illinois our county had kind of a legend about um why the three major cities in the county had what they had we had a university we have a let's see the, the state fair and we have the courthouse right they're all three of them are in different cities and so there's kind of like a legend about like well we they all were given them, you know, for different reasons, even though that's not true. And they've tried different times to steal the other ones from each other. Oh. Uh, not that I can think of. I was just curious because you've grown up in a very different place than I have, like culturally. So I don't know. I was just curious. Okay. All right. So legislation that, um, you know. J.O. Scobie, you know, was, got, hold on, let me restart with that one. The legislation approved of the creation of a land-grant college in Brookings once they became a state, but otherwise provided no funding and required the community to put up the land. Um, fortunately, citizens did agree to do that, and in 1883, a bill was successfully sponsored to provide funds for the school. By summer of 19, 19, 1884, the Board of Regents was established, and they offered a contract for the first uh, president for the university. Hey, congratulations. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I what I kind of liked is that people did rally around the university pretty early. The citizens were like, yeah, we want this. Like, we'll, we'll put up the land. That's cool. Um, weren't able to complete the first college building until October of that year. Um, and they didn't start college coursework that year either. They basically started with pre-college coursework. Um, but by fall of 1885, college classes did begin at what was called then the Agricultural College of Dakota Territory. We have college. Yep, we got a college. Okay. All right, so with statehood in 1889, the name was changed to Dakota Agricultural College, and it had, by that point, about 250 students. Okay. So, yeah. so growing. Yeah, it's growing. It, it'd be going. In eight, 18, 1904, we're going forward in time. We're just going to keep this one moving. Um, they, they, we wonder what another name change. Um, to the South Dakota State College of Agricultural and Mechanical Arts, so South Dakota A&M, essentially, okay. um, was otherwise called State College, however. Um, that was mainly what they're called. Um, uh, we'll talk about this a little bit later in um, the the um, nickname section and the mascot section, but it doesn't really seem like they really ever connected with the Aggies' identity. Mainly because they used the Aggies for something else, actually, and what they called them. So... And it's like basically throughout like, you know, the first 60 years of the university, South Dakota State University housed men and women from across South Dakota for about five months out of the year. Students um, and these are about high school age students, too. They lived on campus. They took practical classes like, you know, home economics and vocational agriculture, like practical agriculture. Um, and this was basically a replacement for high school for these students because South Dakota is small and high schools are few. Um, and basically they sent the kids basically to basically pre-college, um, and they lived and worked and, you know, existed alongside the other college students as well. Interesting. Yeah. So these, yeah, as I say, these students, you know, got the chance to basically get a high school education for about five months and then worked on the farm for the rest of the seven months of the year. Um, used to be 
probably one of their more popular programs and projects. Um, however, as high schools grew, especially um, after you know 1917, um, the program just started to decline in general. Um, if you were more rural, you were more likely to be a part of it. Um, however, you know, just kind of due to the fact that South Dakota was kind of modernizing. Um, in 1960, the last school students were graduated from that school of agriculture, and it officially dissolved. But it existed for a solid 50 years. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't expect that fact, did you? No, so how do, how do we now get to what we know today? So, well, it's like, so we'll, we'll keep working towards that one. Um, so also in 1927, Calvin Coolidge, uh, state, keep cool with Coolidge, um, visited South Dakota State and remains the only U.S. president to visit the state, um, the, the campus. Um he dedicate, while he was there, he dedicated the Coolidge Sylvan Theater, which is an outdoor theater on campus. Most graduations were held at that um, theater from 1928 to 1973, and it is still in use today. So, to get to the university that we know today, because we're, we're all just in the state college era, State College officially became South Dakota State University July 1st, at the beginning of the fiscal year, 1964. Okay. Yeah. Currently, for headcount, um... The university has 11,500 students uh, for fall 2023, spread across eight colleges, including a college of pharmacy and an honors college as well, too. Um, in addition to the campus at Brookings, uh, South Dakota uh, State maintains sites in Sioux Falls, Pier, and Rapid City, and some extension offices um, and experimentation stations throughout uh, South Dakota. That just sounds fun. Yeah. Experimentation stations. Um, I'll, I'll give the whole note for that. Um, agricultural experimentation stations. Agricultural experiment station. Yeah. yeah, not just... I mean, what do you think's happening in there? I, I don't know, but it's a long title for something that doesn't seem like it needs to have that long title. What would you call it? I, I don't know. I don't have a better name, but it just seems like that's a very long name. Hmm. Okay. All right, so <laughs> a couple, oh, one. It's like so. There's basically two big fun facts I want to give about um, South Dakota State, um, but one is one is funner than the other. But I'll start with what I would consider to be um, the neutral fun one first. All right, so the university does operate its own dairy plant, which is one of the last three left in the nation. I could not figure out for the life of me who the other two were. Um, there's. I there's very possible there's actually more um, because I was getting some very inconclusive information about that. Um, the dairy plant processes about 10,000 pounds of milk weekly into cheese, butter, and ice cream, operates a cattle and sheep breeding operation, has an on-campus meat processing facility, and has a student-operated pharmacy. Man, ain't that the plants by us? Like that. I, feel like, I feel like a meat processing plant. That seems dangerous. Yeah, that too. But don't want to imagine the smells you're getting out of there. <laughs> no, we had we had a potato processing plant near our and, campus, and, and a plant. the but the beet plant was farther away. Yeah, but that's still better. Yeah, it didn't help. All right, so also an offshoot of the dairy plant is the SDSU Dairy Bar. Um, the plant is completely run by it's like completely run by students. And with over um, more, it's like, ugh. with over more than 100 flavors of ice creams, it is also possibly the origin of cookies and cream with ice cream in 1979. Really? It 
it's a whole thing. Several people claim to have invented it. It's probably a issue of convergent um, evolution where people saw a need and then all came up with it around the same time. Yeah. But yeah, so that's my kind of my initial history about South Dakota State. Um, any yeah. any questions or concerns? Not yet. I mean, there's I, I have learned a lot more than I knew going into it, that's for sure. Well, we haven't even gotten to the fun fact yet. Do you know about Hobo Day? Yes, I'm aware of what Hobo Day is. All right. Why don't, with our oh, I was going to ask, why don't you share with us first before we get into the history of Hobo Day? I mean, what I, what I know of it is usually it's like their homecoming. That is correct, yep. Um, and that's pretty much all I really do know about it. It's their homecoming and they make it a huge deal. It is insane. Not going to lie, Nick, I think this should be our first road trip. To Hobo Day? Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay, so... Hobo Day. So Hobo Day is the homecoming celebration for South Dakota State University. It started up in November of 1907. So back in the day, State College, remember their State College, played Dakota Wesleyan, who I'm not positive even exists anymore, um, at home and Brookings, uh, South Dakota. Now, I did a little bit of research because all the notes that I see say they were hungry for a win. Like, they, like, acting like, oh my God, they've been losing all season. We need to do something. And I was like, Dude, this is like 1907. Like there are like three football games a year. Like yeah. who who did you lose to? What happened? So I looked at. I found a um, historical record of the games played for um, 1907. So they ha- they lost twice that year. They played six games. They lost twice that year. Do you want to know who beat them the week before Hobo Day? Sure. You know them well. University of North Dakota. That is correct. They beat them 24 to six. That's why they were hungry for a victory? Yes, apparently. Allegedly. Okay. Ah, North Dakota. Sure. North Dakota just fucking up your season since 1907. Awesome. All right. So initially in, in 1907, the students dressed up in a uh, what is considered to be a uh, nightshirt parade. Uh, the men dressed up in nightshirts and the women dressed in sheets and they just went to go visit the team and... They won the game 5-0, so the students just assumed that that worked. They won the game 5-0? What? <laughs> what, a field goal and a... Okay. Safety? Yeah, okay. I... This is... We're working on the forward pass right now, okay? <laughs> like, it's a... I know, but... Which makes the North Dakota loss so much more embarrassing, as I'm not positive a forward pass was used. Yeah. No. All right, so the student, the students continued the tradition um, until 1911, where the college administration, for some strange reason, considered it undignified and unladylike for women to dress up in sheets and wander the streets. Everyone, everyone does that. Everyone does that. It's normal. Um, but the students were not deterred and started looking for a new tradition, right? They're like, okay, we got homecoming going. We're, we're going to keep doing it. So student R. Adams Dutcher, who I'm not positive is real because old-timey names are ridiculous, um, brought up a concept he had seen attempted at the University of Missouri. That concept had students dress up as hobos and bums. 
it was dropped from Missouri's um, homecoming uh, for what it just listed as various reasons. Can't imagine at all why anyone dropped that. All right. So the first hobo day occurred in um, 1912. Uh, men grew beards for one month, and the women were to dress as Indian maidens for some reason. I, again, I do not see why this other college dropped it. Yeah, and I also don't understand how the Indian maids have anything to do with the hobos. Um, and don't. All right. So. After preparation was complete, the entire <laughs> the entire student body who was participating went to the train station to meet the opposing team. School seems that it seems weirdly aggressive. A little bit. Were they like yelling at them, or what were they? I think they just stood there. Okay. It's like the time that North Dakota all went to the D two championship, where the people just went in single file. Yeah, well, guess. well, we played the fight songs. It wasn't. It wasn't a. It wasn't a. It wasn't a like fun thing. It was more of a we're gonna lynch you thing. Yeah. It it was basically just trying to send to the other team. You're probably going to die here. Yeah. Which is, I think, how most people feel when they enter the Dakotas. Yes. <laughs> It's a, it's a fair assumption when you enter one of the Dakotas. You're probably going to die at some point. Or you're just going to live there the rest of your life. That's me. Right there. <laughs> My soul has never left. Um, all right. So they did win the game. So then that um, was reinforced. And now that's the tradition. All right. So for Hobo Day. Yes. Hobo Day mainly consists of a parade and general weirdness. Okay. All right. So the Hobo Day Parade is nuts. Um, basically, it's just a big, normal homecoming float parade. During the 40s and 50s, the floats were described as enormous and spectacular. However, due to safety concerns and collapsing floats due to their enormous size, which I cannot c- figure out, oh my God, did people die during Hobo Day? <laughs> my question is, how big are these? I had so many questions! Like, it was... The floats were large enough to be of concern to the university of someone's going to die. Yes, that's where I'm... How? How? How big were these? Oh, my God. Another float that happened that caused a sharp decline in float building was a was a float that had an outhouse on the back containing a student with his pants around his ankles on the toilet. Oh. Was he passed out? Unclear. <laughs> okay. It was just it was described as vulgar. I feel like this is going in a great direction. Yeah. The parade is led by a um is led by a notable alumni or dignitary selected as Grand Marshal by the Grand Pooba, who is the head of the Hobo Day Committee. Hmm. Okay. Alright. Alright, we got if we're talking about the parade, we gotta talk about the Bubmobile. So the Bubmobile um, houses the Grand Pooba during the parade. It is basically the tail end of the parade. Um, the Grand Pooba is... Oh, my God. The Bumblebee is a 1912 Ford Model T. Still to this day? Yes, it is the same car. That's it, it was donated in 1938. It was already... <laughs> Like twenty, yeah. it was already like 
26 years old. I mean, I guess if you're only using it for the extended Yeah. Okay. So this this is this was where I said, okay, initially I wasn't gonna talk that much about Hobo Day, but I had to after I saw this right here. Um in the 2000s, the aging bumblebee has started on fire, a tire has fallen off, and the brakes have given out. And they're still using Yes. <laughs> it is not clear if these happened during the parade. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the car the car had to be pushed through the parade route in 2006 and have we have we seen an update of this recently in 2009 the bumblebee was shipped off to california restored for a whole year and repaired and it's ever since it has run with quote minimal problems I don't know. It just lights on fire once during the parade. I just want to go because I feel like I'm going to see somebody die. We probably will. (laughs) That car is going to explode one day and I want to be there for it. And I don't think you can be surprised when it happens. No, I'm going to see, like, a scroll on CNN that's going to be 12 killed in Hobo Day Parade. What the hell is this? Hobo Day. Hobo Day. That's not real. South Dakota isn't a real place. That's not a real state. (laughs) Of course, like any good homecoming, uh, things got out of control once in 1990. Um, There was a cold, wet, damp week... Um, and then it kind of got nice for homecoming. People went to some of the house parties. Um, a bonfire started. Um, a news crew showed up just to check out what was going on because it seemed like people were getting rowdy. And then, um, well, then people started jumping over the fire and showing off to the camera to then, um, overturning station wagons, um, burning barricades, Ripping down light poles and street signs and... What is wrong with this universe? Campus police car was vandalized. They, I mean, I guess if it's anything like where we went to school, there really is nothing to do at school, so I guess all of I would... Facts. Not gonna lie, and I've been to Brookings briefly. Um, I would lie... I would say Brookings is worse. Okay, that would explain why they're doing a lot more. Because Sioux Falls is right there. Like, where we went to college, we're the only game around for miles, right? Like, we're we're a major city, um, as much as it's not a major city as compared to everything else. But, yeah. Do we want to talk about Hobo Day events at all, or... Sure, let's talk about All right, we'll keep... What kind of crazy... All right, so so there are some normal ones that, you know, that are pretty standard. Um, paint the town, pep rally. Um, let's see, I'm just trying to look. <laughs> yeah, like, like, paint the town is pretty standard. Um, yeah, pep rally, rally at the rails isn't too different. Bonfire, like... That's pretty pretty normal. Um, there's a 5K that's involved. Uh, talent show. So that's that's pretty normal. Pretty normal. Yeah. Okay. Here are the weird ones. 
All right, so uh, Hobo Gear Prep Night. Uh, students um, are invited to do- buy donated clothes uh, to turn into their hobo gear or bring their their clothes and their own patches, buttons, and accessories to amp up their outfits. Well, this is community bonding, I guess. It is. Actually, there are some things in here that I would say are, are kind of cool. Um, so, one month club, males grow out their beards, and females grow out their leg hair for the month leading up to Hobo Day. Okay. Men's categories you can be judged on include the longest, fullest, patchiest, and best attempt. I'm I'm part of the best attempt club. Um, sure. I am. It's getting, it's getting there. I think this is it. Um... Women's categories include longest, softest, and roughest. I know, kind of like roughest. (laughs) Congratulations, you get the roughest. Okay, but that's where I get a little creeped out because I'm like, so is there like a, is there like a university sanctioned like caressing? Yes. Who judges? I don't know how. How do you judge that? I I don't want to know, frankly. I feel like you do want to know, though. I I don't know. I'm a very afraid someone's about to get canceled during Hobo Day. Yes, I, I mean, you got, it's a sign-up thing, right? It's not like you... It is. It is a sign-up thing. It's not just they go around campus ripping down pants and they're like, Your legs! Or are they? I don't know. I'm not checking in at Brookings. I feel like they're trying to avoid a lawsuit, so <laughs> that is not happening. <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> oh, God. I really hope to, but it's South Dakota. I don't trust it completely. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Um, all right, so bum over. Students are provided with cardboard and duct tape to build a shanty. <laughs> resembling a home iconic buildings or whatever they imagine oh my <laughs> this, this feels like it's gonna get better at some point uh, I'm saving some of the worst ones gosh. okay All right. How, how are they able to do this I, I don't know <laughs> I, feel, I feel like this is anti-bum <laughs> We're we're appropriating bum culture. Like, are you trying to make fun of bum culture, or are you trying to support it? What what are we trying? What What are we doing? (laughs) Who is this for? Like, are we are we supporting bums, or are we just kind of making fun of them? I mean, yeah, as I say, I think that I, I shared that we were gonna do this, and I explained a little bit what Hobo Day was, and the person just said, "Well, if it was too backwards for Missouri, that's probably not a good sign." That's, I guess, one way you can think of it. Yeah. Not saying that Missouri's backwards, but I've also been to Springfield, Missouri, and yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So there is a one cool one in here that I, I didn't share yet. Are that you I'm like the other ones were not cool? I'm, I'm like, this is actually a really cool idea. This is this is kind of neat. All right. So bum a meal. Students get to sign up, um, sign up to participate. Um Basically, hold on. So, bum a meal. Students sign up to participate in an, a meal one evening of Hobo Week. When they arrive for the event, they are given an address to go eat at a home in the Brookings community. And as someone who is very interested in town and gown relationships, I think that's really cool. Yeah. So, maybe the one that... Out of all of them, that is the one where I'm like, that I would love to adopt at another school. Like, that's actually really yeah, cool. That, one, that one's actually a cool idea. 
Yeah, especially because how often did we actually get to really interact with our university community, right? I mean, we did music, so we're kind of ambassadors no matter what. But, like, we didn't go and, like, hang out unless we knew people in town. Yeah. No. Um, oh, and this is the one I was saving. Uh, Mr. slash Mrs. Homely coming. This event allows the male population to compete in a brat beauty pageant dressed as girls and the female population to compete dressed as guys. Talent and interview are some of the judged categories. Uh, yeah. So there's a there's a university sanctioned drag show essentially. Good, good for them. Good for everyone. They're living their lives. Yeah. Um. There is an event that has been discontinued. Mm-hmm. Hobo Olympics. Um. Teams from various campus organizations and resident halls compete in a variety of hobo athletics. If that got removed, I can't imagine what was happening during it. Yeah. Here, if they let they let the drag show go on, but you know, Hobo Olympics, that's a little. Well, that's where I'm like, who who got like seriously injured? That was my question. Well, I'm doing what? Yeah, exactly. Like, what are, what are they doing in Hobo Olympics that would require them to cancel it? What are Hobo athletics? Like stealing a ham and then running away? Yes. <gasps> bum fights. Hot bum fights. Hot. Hopping on the rails. Oh, God. Yeah, someone probably got hit by a train. <laughs> <laughs> they do it with an actual train. <laughs> and they're like, you know, maybe we should just continue this. Or no, it was, one of, it was one of those that happens and everyone kind of looks at each other and goes, let's never talk about yeah, this. Yeah, it's like, you didn't see that. I was, I was over. They all kind of slowly walk away and promise never to talk about it. <laughs> Yeah. So I, you saw, I had, I could not resist talking about Hobo Day because I knew you'd get a kick out of it. It's just wild. I, 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 it, it surprises me. I really do feel like if we do Hobo Day, we might watch a man die. We might, and that just comes with it, right? I mean, they're bums. Who cares? Yeah. Again, are we? Are we? <laughs> Yeah, like I, I do want to clarify, is this pro-bum or anti-bum? Yes, that's, that's what I don't know. <laughs> okay. All right, well, we're, we're also a podcast about, you know, university, like, fight songs and other shit like that, apparently. So let's, let's talk. I think we should, let's just end it there. Yeah, we could just, this is, yeah, this has been We Hate Your Fight Song. Uh, all right. So, all right, so pageantry. All right, so the colors for the South Dakota State University are yellow and blue. Um, there isn't a lot known specifically about when those colors and why those shades specifically. Um, they were selected by um, 1908 because they're, um, because the alma mater for the school refers to them. Um, so basically they're golden yellow and azure blue. So azure is very popular. Um, however, those are also the same colors of the South Dakota's um, state flag, like the actual flag of the state. Um so yeah, those are the colors. Um, they it's pretty self explanatory. Pretty, pretty self explanatory. I mean, most universities and like state universities share color. Like for example, North Dakota State is the same colors as you know state the North Dakota like official state colors. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's correct. I had to think through. I was like, yeah, that's correct. All right, so. So the mascot is the jackrabbit. So yes, the jackrabbit is unique to um, D1 athletics. Like we're the only, they're the only jackrabbits. Um, 
So remember, I mentioned that the Aggies name was not used at all. So they never, even though they're an A&M, they never identified as the Aggies, which is very common. Um, it's very unclear, though, what they were called before being the Jackrabbits. Um, it seems like for the most part, it might have just been the state team or state college or Brookings, like if they were mentioned. However, there's two competing theories. Um, about how the how the Jackrabbit nickname came came about, they're both pretty close to each other in time, um, as far as it comes to as far as it comes to you know when they would have happened. So the most common belief is that it came from basically a news article about playing the University of Minnesota in football in 1905. Okay. Okay. Our, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say. I'm just trying to think. Piece it together. <laughs> I got all the pieces here. I'm going to fit. Um, a reporter for the newspaper, knowing of the preponderance of jackrabbits in the Brookings area, was believed to have written that the state college team was as quick as jackrabbits. Okay. I mean, sure. Yeah. The other theory is that um, the is about the origin of the nickname is given in the actual yearbook called The Jackrabbit. Um, there is a poem in the 1907 yearbook that says that the yearbook is called The Jackrabbit because the a group of juniors wanted to Im- immortalize themselves by changing the name of the yearbook. And then the athletic teams followed. I'm Knowing what I know about how nicknames happen, I'm going to bet it's the first one. I, w- I would guess, too. I mean, not that I want to discredit whoever did that yearbook thing, but... That's very similar to the Georgia story. And that's why I'm like, that is pretty verifiable that that happened. So I'm going to yeah. guess that that's what happened with SDSU. I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, as far as it comes to the logo itself, oh, that's the, I forgot. I was going to bring up a picture for this one for you in the in the chat. Um, well, there's no documented history of the logo. It is, seems to have appeared almost as soon as the nickname that they had, you know, something up and ready to go. So that makes me think that Probably involves the newspaper. Um, however, interestingly enough, though, closer to when they see the actual Jackrabbit-like nickname is closer to when the yearbook would have thought of it. So I don't know there. Um, but knowing, again, knowing what just what I know about, you know, mascot history, that it seems very like, likely. Um, but anyway, so by about 1908, we had a logo. It's basically just a picture of a Jackrabbit and... Um, football garb. There wasn't really a standardized logo until the 1940s. Okay. And I'm pulling up a... I'm trying to pull up the logo evolution because I thought you'd get a kick out of one of them and my comment that I was going to make, so give me one second. Alright. Alright, so it's in the chat now. So, basically, um, it's like, basically a standardized version came out. Um, it kind of changed into, like, you know, a, like, actual cartoon. Oh. Yeah, it's kind of a kind of a manic mailman situation over there. If you remember the Simpsons reference, uh, it's it's a uh, suspiciously similar. But in a court, it is legally legally different. Yes. Yeah. It's it's very much Bugs Bunny. It's totally Bugs Bunny. At least they change its color. Yeah, to actually be the school colors. Um, the modernized version of Jack came out during the D1 transition in 2008 and has remained roughly the same. Uh, there is a cartoon version of Jack that I think is really, um, I'm going to be honest, I think is very cute, and I might use that as the uh, the thumbnail, I, I, the video. I like that. The little, little cute, very cute version of Jack. That's for kids specifically. All right, so 
let's let's talk about athletics. So I'm not going to lie, Nick. There's one thing where we might get very into the weeds. Um, and I would even argue that if we want to explore it more, we should maybe make it into its own episode. Um, okay. So... All right, so athletics. So South Dakota State, State started as D2. They transitioned to D1 FCS through the years of 2006 to 2011 and were eligible um, in uh, FCS in 2011. So what is the football championship subdivision? For people that don't know, there are two parts to D1. There is FBS, which is the football bowl subdivision, and the FCS, which is the football championship subdivision. Other, it's like they are both D one, just two conference. Just depending on what conference you can join, you do different things. End of list. I mean, that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's other sports. They're the exact same. So. Yep. As a general rule of thumb, your bigger schools join the FBS. Your smaller, medium-sized ones join the FCS. Yeah, and that's it. It's pretty simple. Um, football bowl division just plays one uh, preseason game, like postseason game, and that's it. Um, the championship um, has the ability to play multiple postseason uh, games uh, through their championship. Uh, that is the only sanctioned football championship uh, in uh, the NCAA. Yeah, listeners should know that. I believe that FBS has its championship. So. It does, but it's not. But it's not considered by the NCAA to be an official title. Sure. Yep, they've said it. Continue. Continue. Mhm. Mhm. All right. So. You know it's false. I don't think it is. Um, so, South Dakota State is a member of the Summit League and the Missouri Valley Football Conference with the rest of the Dakota Four, South Dakota State, South Dakota, North Dakota State, and North Dakota. Joining officially in this, it's like uh, basically kind of joining, you know, the rest of their teammates after being uh, separated from them. Uh, they're also a forter, for, former charter member of the North Central Conference with the rest of the Dakota Four. So... What are the Dakota Four, and why am I really emphasizing that? So, the Dakota Four are... Basically, there are four major universities in the Dakotas. All four major universities in the Dakotas are located along I-29, the major highway that runs across the borders of North and South Dakota. Um, I was going to say, I'll I'll use we. We all hate each other. Um, North Dakota hates North Dakota State. And pretty much everybody. South Dakota hates South Dakota State and North Dakota and kind of doesn't really have anything against NDSU. South Dakota State hates North Dakota State and South Dakota and NDSU doesn't care about any of you and just hates everybody else. What a great, what a great force. They are not vicious towards each other at all. No. And and act completely normal. Basically, they have always tried to make a commitment to stick together um, in athletics. It our, our lives are improved fighting each other than fighting others, essentially, I think has been the feeling um, among them. And have really, really struggled through the transition uh, to Division One to stick together. Um, recently, there have been, been comments made that um, the Dakota Four, depending on if one leaves, they might all leave and go to Division One FBS. 
that would be exciting. We would all be stuck in Conference USA, so that's why I'm like not excited about it. Just join the Mountain West. Actually, that that actually would be cool. If we all joined Mountain West, that actually might that be fun. That would make sense. That makes sense. Um, yeah, and some of them very much should be um, bowl eligible. But that's all I'll say about the Dakota Four. I want to get more into the origin of the North Central Conference. I think we might make that its own episode at some point because it's, it's interesting. Uh, because basically... Yeah, the Summit League is basically just the North Central Conference. They Their overlap is so strong. It, um, it is, other than the fact that you can set up some of those D2 schools to get a few Yeah. Well, I mean, I okay, we might get into this right now. I mean, even, like, Omaha was a member of the North Central. They were. Like, like you yeah. Cut, you cut out some of the other North Central people who are still D2, though. Yeah, you do, but, like... I mean, it is very comparable. It is very comparable. It's almost like everyone that transitioned up to D1 in out of the North Central Conference has rejoined the Summit League, essentially. It's crazy. Like, it's 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 almost a one to one overlap. Yeah. Unrelated. When is Omaha going to get their football team back? I don't know. Do they want one? Probably not. They cut it. Probably not. All right. So for men's sports that um. That South Dakota State uh, sponsors. We got baseball, basketball, cross country, football, golf, swim and dive, track and field, indoor and outdoor, and wrestling. For women's sports, we got basketball, cross country, equestrian, ooh, um, golf, soccer, softball, swimming and diving, track and field, both indoor and outdoor, and volleyball. Okay. As far as it comes to national championships, the football team has won two. Yeah. Yeah. That was why we're doing them today. Um, for men's basketball, they have won one uh, championship. Women's basketball, they've won one in D2. Men's cross country has won five national championships. Um, d- yep, that, that looks right. NIT fall under there? NIT is technically not a national title, um, but it is a national championship. It's not, like, official, and I did have that in my notes. They won the NIT in 2022. And also, women's cross country has a title as well. Okay. So... As far as it comes to that, that's pretty impressive. I mean, overall, that's what's that right there? So, two, three, eight, nine, and if you want to count the WNIT, ten. Okay. Interestingly enough, um, people might be like, "Well, hold on. If you're not going to consider F like FBS CFP official, why are you talking about the NIT? The NIT tournament predates March Madness. So, yeah, just going to point that out." I feel like if we're going to count NIT, we've got to count FBS. I wasn't planning on it. You asked. I don't count it. I can't. <sighs> Fine. It's a, tur- it's a big name tournament. It is. It is. I'm not going to lie about that. All right, buddy. So you might you might laugh at this because this relates to one of our one of my favorite moments in my friendship with you. Okay. So one of the um, big staples of uh, South Dakota State's like athletic culture is the cowbell. So this this stemmed from the rivalry with South Dakota because South Dakota is a bunch of assholes. Um, goes back to the 1920s after South Dakota referred to the people at South Dakota State as a cow college. Oh. <laughs> okay. <wow. laughs> does that does that sound familiar at all? Yes, it does. <laughs> do Do you want to tell the story or should I? <laughs> Uh, go ahead. All right. You, you're going to have a better rendition of it. All right. Well. So, so Nick and I have been best friends for... Quite a while. Quite a while. But by the point we knew each other now, I think we'd only been best friends for like three years. Um, 
And one of the things that Nick and I both love is we both love adult anime cartoons like American Dad. The, well, I was going to say The Critic, but I'm like, ah, ah, the less said about that, the better. We love that. Yeah, you love it. I, It's just fat jokes. Um, the Simpsons, though, is our, is our big one that we bond yeah. over and love. So there's one of the, I'll even put in the sound clip here, but there's one moment in The Simpsons where um, Lenny and Carl and Homer are all having a conversation at Moe's and this exchange happens. Yeah, well, you went to a cow college. Oh, you're only calling us a cow college because we were founded by a cow. So <laughs> we were playing um, our um, A&M school, basically, in, in our rivalry game. And I said, OK, so so we are going to do this because, you know, our whole branding that year was own the farm. And like, we're, we're going to beat them because, you know, we're we're transitioned. Like, we're, we're going to do this. Like, we're, we're resuming these rivalries. And... I said, so we're going to do this. Like, you, I'm going to say, you know, you're going to say, <laughs> just start laughing. Um, you know, you're going to say, I know, you're going to say that NDSU is just a cow college. And I'm going to say, you're only saying that because they were founded by a cow. <laughs> and we went over it. We, we rehearsed. We did stuff. Like, Two minutes. We did, but we went through it. I, I felt like we had the situation under control. And, I kind of, I kind of look over to Nick and I give him a signal. I was like, "We should do it right now." And I was getting ready to like stand up and like so I could shout too. <laughs> and, then, and then Nick just goes, "NDSU is founded by a cow." I mean, I'm not wrong. <laughs> and, show me where I'm wrong. And everyone started laughing, and I was so pissed. I was like, we went through this! We rehearsed! Yeah, but we got more laughs, I think, this way. And I think about that all the time. Just, NDSU was founded by a cow. Again, show me where I'm wrong. <laughs> Were they not? <laughs> <laughs> it's just it did but that's why I'm saying the, the cow college comment rings true especially in the Dakotas it does most of them are founded by a cow most of them are founded by cows the cow committee decided that they wanted to build a college is that, oh, guys, is that what the dairy bar is? Is it just cows sitting around making decisions? Yes, they're making those real big life decisions. <laughs> the cow Illuminati. The cow naughty. Cow naughty. Making decisions. Watch out for them. Oh, oh, I have a better name. The, 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 Alu, the, the Amuninati. There you go. There you go. That's the one. The Amuninati. Um, anyway, um... So, in 1935, that's right, we were talking about why, why, why South Coast uses cowbells. That's right, that's why we are telling the story. Um, why, do, why do they use cowbells? Why do they use cowbells? So, in 1935, one of the captains of the cheer squad, squads felt that if that they're going to be cow, called a cow college, they might as well be proud of it. Um, students started bringing to the, cow, the cowbells to the game to um, taunt the, the yotes, and there we go. Now we're just using cowbells. Okay. This will come up later. Okay. All right. So the marching band itself. Remember, we're a band podcast. Uh, it's been a bit, but we are. A we are a band podcast. All right. So the pride of the Dakotas. So 
for for clarity's sake, I will definitely say most of this conversation and the info I'm going to give is actually sourced from um, is actually sourced from the dissertation of the band director, um, Kevin Kessler. Um, so, Dr. Kessler. Thank you for doing all this research. It was incredibly impressive. I will put a link to your dissertation because it was awesome to read at least parts of it. And I will definitely be reading more because there's a lot of real nerdy marching man information in there too. Um, so it's like definitely highly recommend it. There's also a documentary now available too about the formation of South Dakota State's marching band. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot of there was a lot of info out there which I was super happy about. Um, Makes our job easier. It does. So I will give the the forty thousand foot version of it essentially. Okay. So in eighteen eighty four, so basically right after the university started, right during those first meetings, um, the board of regents basically figured out eleven like professorships for instruction. One of them was explicitly music. Um, okay. In 1885, um, like, oh, sorry, I guess it would be 1886 since it'd be the spring of that first year. Those first organized ensembles were founded. No, it says 1885. Huh. Okay. So 1885, um, they said that, you know, we have a choir. And then the next um, issue says we have a drum corps at the college. So at least by 1885, they're starting to have some, some marching bands, things like that. However, these bands were unstable. They kept coming together and disbanding. Even though the institution would hire professors, basically they just weren't they just weren't stable um, there. However, by about uh, 19, uh, 1892, there was a there was a regimental like military band that was stable. It did do some stuff with athletics, but it mainly was for like military pageantry and stuff. However, we're there. Yeah. However, this band actually traveled in uh, 1894 with um, it's like with the rest of the um, it's oh sorry, on there. In um, 1896, the band decided to come to the um, South Dakota Intercollegiate Athletic Association like uh, gathering in Yankton. Um, basically, the some of the South Dakota colleges banded together basically to have like kind of an intercollegiate festival um, for some of their stuff. Um, they initially actually came as just kind of a pep rally uh, there, but the the band members were, you know, really proud of what they did, and, you know, they took it seriously. Um, this was the quote that was given about um, the band in, in that role. Nothing was won in athletics. In fact, nothing was expected, as only one or two entries of untrained men had been made. In oratory, the result was the same, although a creditable showing was made by our representatives. But all who made the trip felt more than repaid because our college won first place in the contest that was held by the college bands of the state. Okay. Yeah. Um, and the band did stick together um, and, and was more stable. They also played in the 19... The 19... Eight... Yeah, no, I had it right. 19. There you go. That's a number. Played in the 1904 um, World's Fair in St. Louis. So one of the, you know, huge world yeah. fairs. At, after that point, the band was pretty stable as far as it came to, you know, membership, things like that. Um, fair helped it. Yeah, like it, it helped. It, it, the band traveled well, like, and basically just started to get bigger from there. Um, they added majorettes and twirlers in uh, 1938. Um, it took until the 1970s to add a color guard, though. Um, that one that one took a while. Um, they, they added women to the ensemble initially in uh, 1943 due to a decline in numbers due to World War II. Um, however, after World War II, there was basically two bands for a little while. There was a military band and a co-ed, like, marching band. Um, and they both just, just did separate things. Those two ensembles merged in 1950 and have 
basically formed the modern version of the Pride of the Dakotas. Um, okay. The name itself was actually an accident. Um, in, in 1966, the, the term was coined. They, for the most part, they were just the South Dakota State University marching band before then. Um, however, their public address announcer, um, like after a halftime show, just said basically, let's give a big thank you to the SDSU band, the Pride of the Dakotas. Um, the, it's like, while it's always been adopted, it appeared on the uniform for the first time in 1999, interestingly enough, after our pride was formed, and was copyright protected in 2005. Yeah. Um, in addition to, you know, kind of just some of the normal stuff they do, they also make the rounds, um, places that they've traveled to, you know, in our kind of neck of the woods, uh, Minnesota Vikings, Green Bay Packers, Blue Bombers games. Um, like they also do some, you know, college, like, you know, just some intercollegiate college stuff as well. Um, nationally, they've also done um, a couple of the inauguration parades um, for the presidency. So in 1981 and 1997 were the last ones they went to. Um They've done the 2000 uh, National Independence Day Parade, so the big 4th of July parade in D.C. Um, they've done Macy's, I think, but I don't have it written down where. Um, yep, and also one of the big ones, too, is that they did the um, Capital 4th, um, which is a huge deal. It's a PBS thing. And also uh, marched in the 2003-2008 Tournament of Roses. Wow. Yeah, so well-traveled. Um, that was impressive. Yeah. Makes, makes my fam feel like a piece of shit, but, um... We get there. We, we just don't want to leave. We, we find it comfy. We leave for other stuff. We leave for other stuff. Yeah. I actually kind of like it. See earlier comments regarding parades. Um, fine with not leaving for parades. Yeah. Yeah. Who wants to do a parade anyway? Nah. Nah. And I'm actually really happy because we do a lot of traveling to just other schools, and I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, you ready to talk about the fight song? I am way ready to talk about it. It, I, as much as I tried to keep it flowing, it did not. Um, just a lot of interesting info, I'm sorry. I mean, there's a lot. I, I did not, not appreciate it. Okay. There was some very interesting stuff in that. Great. Love it. Alright, so their fight song is Ring the Bell. Alright. Okay. So all this is adapted from Kessler's dissertation, just to, to be clear. Um, so the yellow and the blue, which is the alma mater for the school now, had been in existence since 1909. However, it's a 6-8 march. It's not the best fight song. No, 6-8 is always a weird fight song. Weird fight song right there. So in the fall of 1959, the current band director right then, uh, King Carpenter, hoped to create another fight song. Um basically for the 75th anniversary of the university. Um, they chose the University of Chicago school song, Wave the Flag. Okay. Now, I won't, I won't get in the weeds too much about why that part of that is incorrect. Um, but the point is they, they adopted the Wave the Flag melody. Um, and they were trying to figure out... You know, what are we going to, you know, what are we going to change it to? Because we're not going to use the Wave the Flag lyrics. Um, yeah. Carpenter decided to memorialize that cowbell, remember the cowbell, in the new fight song, and Wave the Flag became Ring the Bell. Okay. So, sure. the band director wrote the first, 
seven, six, seven lines of the song. And a contest was established to see who could write the most fitting closing line. Anyone, as long as it was seven syllables and you're an undergraduate student, you were eligible. Um, this seems like a great plan. Yep. And you got, basically you got a cool pen and pencil set and $10 from the music department. Um, $10 in 1959, 1961 would be about $103 today. All right, this one's this one kills me right here. No. the The winner was a junior music major, uh, San Schleider, Schleider, um, who concluded the song with "So let's ring, ring, ring those bells." I mean, sure. A hundred dollars for that. Hey, they came up with something original. Sure, let's go with that. Good, good enough for today's or that days and age. Yes. Fine. Whatever. Fine. Um, Ring the Bell is now used as the official fight song. Yellow and the Blue is now the alma mater. So. Okay. All right. So, shall I read the lyrics? Go for it. All right. So, the lyrics of Ring the Bell. Even though they never say Ring the Bell, they always say Ring the Bells. All right. Ring the bells for South Dakota, the yellow and the blue. Cheer the team from South Dakota with loyal hearts so true. Win the game for South Dakota, the school that serves us well. We will fight for South Dakota, so let's ring, ring, ring those bells. All right, let's take a listen. I, I felt like there was going to be more to that. Nope. That was it. I think that's a good point. So we got to start out with, with talking about that. Ring the Bell is an adaptation of Wave the Flag. It is. Which is in and of itself an adaptation of another fight song. We'll talk about this in upcoming weeks, essentially, since we're going to do pretty much all of them back to back. Um, but Wave the Flag is not the originator of that fight song. Um, it is borrowed from another university. We'll, we'll talk about that in the episode. Um, but Wave the Flag is, I would say, probably one of the most... Uh, popular fight songs, um, especially at the high school level. No, I, I would agree with you there. Uh, yeah. But 
going back to yes going back to our ring the bell yeah our ring the bell it is if you think a stereotypical trope when it comes to a fight song it's the mayor so it it's not terrible but it also really doesn't do it that much okay so so you're more of the it's it's not bad it's just if i want to hear a generic fight song that's not going to stick out it's going to be this one so it's more bland to you yes okay I I like it. Like, I, I, I think I... And, and I think maybe the tough thing is for me, I compare it to all the other versions. I think that for me, this is my favorite version of... And I, I will preface it with, I am not comparing the other versions necessarily. I'm just saying... Okay, that's fair. I'll yeah. also say that lyrics leave a lot to be desired. <laughs> as, I, as I said before we listened to it, I feel like there was going to be more to that. Yeah, it, it really is. Lyrically, I think that that is actually probably the weakest part of it. Um, it just well, kind of ends. It, well, it just kind of ends. It. I mean, side note, I do think, though, because they knew that they were only going to use those lyrics, their looping is amazing. Um, some, yeah. some fight songs have issues when you start cutting it down, essentially, into short versions. This one is great because you have to play to make it longer, and that's sometimes easier. It's sometimes easier to have a fight song that you... Make sure, know you're going to, he's like, know you're going to, you know, talk about more, not talk about, sorry, play longer, and it's easier to then just loop it, right? Like, that's loopable. Yeah, well, and then the nice thing about that is that if you need something that's short, for example, after a touchdown, you have something that's short, and you don't have to cut it. Yeah, yeah. And unlike, again, our, our problem when we're talking about the victors, um, where yes. you got to start chopping parts off and, like... You do. You can't consign it. <laughs> Yeah, and like, and it's kind of just some weird zombie, and you know there are parts of the fight song that people have not ever heard, really. Um, yeah, you just need to know. I think I think it's anyway. I like yeah. going back to the actual song. Like I said, it's not bad. It's just not a favorite. Yeah, I so I think for me it took a long time to not just out and out hate this fight song. I think that when I first started this project, this was one of the ones that I was like this is a waste of time. Like, I was like, this needs to be redone. It's a waste of time. Who cares? I've, I've cooled on that opinion. I think mainly because I've heard way worse now. Um, but I mean, I wasn't, I've never been struck by this one. Um, I mean, I, I would not go as far as you did and say it's a waste of time. Yeah. I just don't think there's nothing about it. Well, I think part of the thing, as a, again, as a fight song, yeah, and I think is part this of that you, is this version unique compared to all the other people who play it. Maybe. I don't even think it's that unique. I think what it is is it's the cleanest. I think it's the one that probably has had the most like modern work on it done. Of like, okay, yeah. this is what a this is what a modern band says. I'm not saying the other ones haven't been rearranged, right? But I'm saying this one say is the one that's been the composed with the most like we know what our band sounds like. This is what our band usually is. Let's play to our strengths. We'll yeah, vary from year to year, though. It always does. I mean, right? But I mean, yeah. I I like. I mean, I think about some of the fight songs we've played, and I'm like, we're we our band director knows our band and knows what yeah. he wants. Like, and the fight songs when he rearranged them were play to the strengths a lot more of the ensemble and what the yes. ensemble is. I would agree. And I think that it, comparing the one, because I played the year that we, before we rearranged and the year after we rearranged. And I mean, the difference of it is 
amazing, to be honest. Yeah. Like, cool amazing. Like, not like, oh my god, but like, wow, that's that sounds a lot better, because that sounds a lot more like us and what's actually going on. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think as far as it comes to Ring the Bell... What I like is I think that this is actually probably the best variation of the fight song that I want to be getting out into the general public. South Dakota State going on a fantastic, like, I mean, and they're currently right now in bracketology stuff slated to go into March Madness for 2024. Um, and, and the fact that they've done so well in football, too. I mean, I think that this is the version of the fight song I want out there. Like, for if, if you want to hear Wave the Flag, this is the version I'm like, this is the version of Wave the Flag you want to hear. This is the one you gotta hear. This is the one you gotta hear. Like, so I mean, that's where I'm kind of like, I'm I'm happy that this one is the one that is surviving and thriving. Yeah. Yeah. As far as it comes to Wave the Flag, and again, we'll talk about this next week too. Like a lot too, and and like if you're listening to these in chronological order, yeah, we'll be talking about Wave the Flag for a couple weeks. Um, actually, just two, just this week and next week. Um. That's a couple. That's a couple. It's a, it, it is a it is two weeks, um, but wave the flag, to me is fine. I don't know why it holds such a special place in people's hearts. Probably because it's when you think of a fight song. That's the song you think of. Yeah, I mean maybe. That, that would be yeah. Nice. I mean I. I, I can agree with you. I don't really see a point as to why it's that spectacular. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I and I think part of that is why I struggle with South Dakota State because I'm like, I feel like the band, I want to say they're better than the song. That's not right, but how about this? So let me let me use another example that I've done through research. North Dakota, right? So the University of North Dakota has "Stand Up and Cheer," which is a really common fight song. However. The University of North Dakota also has two alternate fight songs that maybe show off the university's personality a little bit more. South Dakota State doesn't really have that. They just have, you know, the yellow and blue, and the yellow and blue is more of an alma mater. They don't get to have another B or C fight song. And that maybe is what bothers me a little more. The fact that they don't have that opportunity to show up. Yeah, like, because I think that, especially when you have a common, like, everybody knows the melody fight song, you know, it's important to have a couple B and C fight songs that, you know, you can pull out. Yeah, when you want to. Yeah. And then also, again, maybe have more historic ties to the university. I mean, again, the yellow and blue is like that, but the yellow and blue isn't used as a fight song. And also, one of the things, too, with that is, you know, with... I don't know. This, one, this one's got me thinking, because it's, it's one of those things where I think about it, I'm like, yeah, I like it, but... Maybe I don't like it that it's the only one. Yeah. If they had more, you might like it better. Well, I'd probably like it worse, to be honest. The more fight songs you tend to give a university, the more I start being like, boo, the main one sucks. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, well, I think that, you know... Is that that all our thoughts? I I, I think that's all our thoughts. How would you rank it, I guess? I mean, like, (sighs) probably... If I'm going to give it a score out of ten... My score would probably be like a six or seven. Like I st- not bad, not terrible. Right in the middle. I still give it a five, probably exceptionally average. Just it's not that wave the flag is like a nightmare. It's just you know there are other cooler fight songs out there. I'm I'm very happy that there's a band giving a very solid version of it for the arrangement and is out there repping it. 
um, very actively, unlike um, maybe the last couple of years with the fight song, but uh, I don't know. It's still not, like, the most amazing thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's nothing in South Dakota State, though. I mean... No, it's not. Yeah. It's just the song. Yeah. Just, I know there's other fight songs out there, and I know there are other cooler fight songs. I like them, but... Yeah. All right. So, we've gotten through two. Yes, we have. All right. Only how many to go? Oh, God, I stopped counting. Uh-oh. All right, do you want to hit? Still a lot to go, isn't there? All right, do you want to hit for next week? Yeah. <laughs> you sound so sad. Let, let's hear what, what is our hit for next week. All right. So, cast your mind back to 1792. An act of Congress was signed by George Washington that stipulated that a university should be located in the Miami Valley, north of the Ohio River. This university is considered to be a direct response to that directive. They also, um, in case you're actually paying attention, have um, waved the flag as their fight song, too. I I wasn't paying attention to that, so I got that. Yeah. Now we just got to piece together the other clue to figure out who it is. Yeah. Alright, but while you piece that together, we're going to go. Again, this has been We Hate Your Fight Song. Um, I've never ended the podcast that way before. I'm not sure where that came out. Yeah. um, I don't know if I like that. I don't know if I like that either. Well, I am Nick. I'm Eli, and we're going to keep going on that journey to find out if we hate your fight song. Or if we're just tolerated, like probably most of the ones we'll listen to. I mean, they're fine. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah, they're, they're fine. But congrats, South Dakota State. Yeah. Well, made the Valley proud. Yeah, right on. All right, catch you next week. Thanks for joining us. We Hate Your Fight Song is a Mocha Grande Productions podcast project. Make sure to check out the liner notes for each episode and more fun facts and links related to our topic of the day and for our current social media accounts. We are also an independent podcast, so please read review, rate our podcast, and subscribe. Under Section 107 of the Copyright Act 1976, allowance is made for fair use for purposes such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, scholarship, education, and research. And remember, we love you, fellow band kids and sports nerds. As much as we might razz you, we're all part of the same family.